0: Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 237, Spirit of the Elder Mother, Sunday, December 15th, 2019. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. Each time I record an episode, I post show notes, photographs, and links to things I talk about on my website yarns at yinhu.com. You can also find information about all the projects that I am working on as well as a lively Ravelry discussion group on the Yarns at Yinhu group on Ravelry. Your purchase of one of my pattern designs helps to provide me with the funds that I need to keep this podcast up running and on the air, so thank you. Today's episode includes the following segments, news and events, the back porch, the front porch, and off the shelf. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I have been suffering a bit with uh, a weak uh, voice and sore throat so I'm hopeful that all of my licorice cough drops and lots of tea will get me through today's episode because I just didn't want to miss another week and I have some things to share with you. I hope you are well. I hope you are working on something for the Home Deck Make-Along that I've been hosting here uh, since the beginning of November. It's been A lot of fun to see photographs and hear comments of what folks are working on. You are invited for the Home Deck Make Along to craft anything. So it can be any, any, any of the fiber arts, craft something for your home, or perhaps to give as a gift for someone else's home. We are using hashtag Home Deck Mal, H O M E D E C M A L, on Instagram as well as posting notes and photos on a Ravelry thread for the home deck make-along. So I hope you will join us. There's still time to join in. I've been working on details for the Knit Local Getaway. This is a retreat that runs concurrent with the Washington County Farm and Fiber Tour in Washington County, New York. It's the largest fiber-producing county in the state of New York, And our objective on the retreat is to visit the farms and businesses um, that are connected with the fiber industry there. And we share food, friendship, and lots of laughter at the lodge. So for those folks who attended the retreat last year, you will be getting information about the 2020 getaway sometime in January. And then I will also open a lottery for those folks who were not able to attend last year, but who are interested in the getaway. So look for that coming up, and I will also post details on my website and the Ravelry group. In episode 236, I talked about my endeavors to... Shop responsibly when I find myself at the pinnacle of the hierarchy of needs, and I'm actually ready to buy something new. And all of the dilemmas that I faced in thinking about how my purchase is affecting the environment, affecting workers etc. So this episode generated some nice conversation on the Ravelry thread. And in particular, I would like to share a comment from Twinset Ellen, who mentioned B-Corporations. And I will link to this in the show notes because I think many of you will be interested in that. You can find more information at bcorporation.net. And these are certified companies. They need to be certified by B-Lab each year. And they are making strides in creating a balance between purpose and profit. They're legally required to consider the impact of their decisions on their workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. They are not nonprofits; they are for-profit companies, so they're constantly thinking about that balance between being of benefit—that's what the B stands for—and making a profit. So among them are some corporations and companies that you may recognize: Allbirds, Ben and Jerry's, Eileen Fisher, Cabot Creenery, uh, Clean Canteen. And others that you may not be familiar with and could be an opportunity for you to consider when you're ready to make your next purchase. And that's what Ellen said, that she consults this list. When she's ready to buy, she tries as much as possible to make purchases uh, from these corporations. And one she mentions in particular having to do with clothing is packed. So I will leave that um, a link to that as well for you to check out. So these are over 500 companies publicly committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2030, which is 20 years ahead of the targets set in the Paris Agreement. So all good stuff and thank you, Ellen, for your generosity in sharing your knowledge on this topic. The Back Porch. I was graced with a great deal of knitting time and some unexpected knitting time over the Thanksgiving holiday because of that tremendous snowstorm that came through and I was able to uh, complete a few things that were on my needles. One is the pair of leg warmers that I have been making for my youngest sister Jessica for Christmas She asked for these and gave me her measurements, and it was a great knitting challenge because I needed to kind of design as I went, and working on these leg warmers was a real joy. I'm eager to find out how well they fit and if they really meet the need she has, which is to cover her lower leg from the bottom of a dress to the top of her boot. Jessica has a homestead off the grid and her uniform, her kind of daily work uniform is a dress and some sort of tights or leggings so she wants to keep that area of her lower leg with some additional coverage for the winter. So I began with a 64 stitch cast on and knit a 2 by 2 rib and then I just did some simple math and ratios to figure out well if the circumference of her ankle is 8.5 inches and 64 stitches is adequate for that then what would it be to reach her I guess her calf just below her knee at 13 inches and how many stitches would I need to accommodate that so the number I came up with that would be snug enough but still have stretch was 96 stitches so I gradually worked my way up with the ribbing and just kept broadening those ribbed stitches um, until I reached about 14, 14 and a half inches and then I did some more two by two rib at the top before doing a bind off. Both my cast on and bind off are tubular because I think that um, is more flexible and I also think it wears better. And um, I knit these, Um, the most fun part of all, is that I knit these using Joanna Spring's Damn, it feels gored to be a knitter a sock yarn, which is self-striping, and I used her Coriadale sock yarn for these. They're soft, but durable. They have a real strength to them. And I think the muted colors will really be perfect to blend in with a lot of the things Jessica wears during the winter time. These have been all wrapped up and sent to Vermont for Jessica's Christmas, and I won't find out for a couple of weeks um, how they fit or what's going on with them, so we'll see how it goes, and I have a little more yarn left and can certainly rip out that ribbing and make some adjustments if they're not quite right. The other finished object is the Hildemore vest. This is a design by Yuko Shimizu, who is fast becoming one of my favorite designers. The pattern is a gift from Mary Marybeth, and I knit this in Blacker Yarns Tour in the natural color. This vest was an absolute joy to knit. The Name of it, Hildamore, is representative of the elder mother spirit, um, a spirit who dwells under the elder tree, and this is in Danish folklore. I'm pretty sure that's what she was referencing. I did a little bit of research, and though it wasn't mentioned specifically in the pattern, I think that's it, uh, because it definitely has sort of like a nymph-like Appearance, I think, and this is just such a wonderful layering piece, and it's also almost like a sampler in terms of cramming so many different knitting techniques into one garment. It's kind of a garment slash accessory. So I counted more than 15. I'll just list some of these things off the top of my head. There is ribbing, there's stockinette, there is creating short rows using wraps and turns, there's um, moss stitch, there is a whole bunch to do with I-cord including an I-cord edging. There's a tie on the back of this vest that's formed by knitting an I-cord and then seamlessly blending it into the side of the garment. There are buttonholes. There is uh, the technique of putting stitches on hold and then knitting one shoulder and then the other. There are increases and decreases. There is seaming, because the piece is, the pieces are knit flat and then seamed together at the shoulder. And then, let me think, there is making a pocket and stitching it on. All sorts of increases and decreases, and smocking, which is this lovely technique of creating some ribbing in the fabric And then afterwards going in with a fine yarn or thread and pulling parts of this ribbing together at even intervals to create this lovely smocked design. It seems complicated. With her video tutorial, it's very, very easy. And I think overall, even though the pattern has all of these different techniques... I just followed it one step after another and came out with a really beautiful result. Uh, This was the perfect thing for some antler buttons that I've had in my button stash for quite a while and uh, this piece is just something I want to wear all the time now. It's lovely layered over some dresses that I have in my wardrobe and it kind of Helps me take some garments from uh, more of like a summer fall into the winter because this Black Our Yarns tour is so sturdy and... um, I don't know it just has a real substantial quality to it so it definitely brings that look into the winter so I've been having lots of fun styling it at some point I will get some photos of me wearing it in my project page uh, but right now there are just some finished uh, garment photos after I had blocked it this is a wonderful wonderful design I highly recommend it once again, that's Hildamore by Yuko Shimizu. So with two projects finished, I went back to some whips that had been languishing a bit. One is the burra cowl. I had begun this um, shortly after completing Yell. Burra is a cowl design from Marie Wallen's book, Shetland. It's knit to be about eight inches around, as, or eight inches deep, I guess I should say, as a tube and one circle around the neck. And I have altered that to be a longer, skinnier tube, so only two repeats of the motif but I will probably need uh, a series of six to eight uh, total repeats to loop twice around the neck. I'm currently working on motif number four, so I'm about halfway through, and I am using predominantly Jameson and Smith uh, two-ply jumper weight yarns that are left over from Yell. I have varying amounts of the colors and so I'm doing a little bit of color play and modification as I complete each motif and now is about the time when I'm starting to worry if I really have enough to finish the project Uh, but I do have as backup Uh, A set of the British Breed's colors from Marie Wallen. I had treated myself a while back to one skein of each color that was available at that time. So I do have quite a wide array to help me fill in um, if I run out of a particular color. This is a lot of fun to knit. I love the motifs. I just, I'm so addicted to <laughs> knitting Marie Welland designs now. I think I may always need one on the needles. And I'm hoping to have this cowl finished um, by the holidays um, so that I can start working on another design. I was enticed by the woolly thistles Black Friday sale to make a few purchases. and I purchased some additional skeins of the British breeds um, in the Mulberry colorway so that I could knit a sweater with a colorwork yoke but have you know a single color for most of the sweater. And what I'm considering is a cropped version of her Bresse design um it's absolutely beautiful and I just continue even though I know she has a number of new books available I am continuing to knit from Shetland because I own it and because quite a few of those patterns still call to me I will try to keep working from that book for a while I would also like to add mitts and some type of hat or tam using those motifs as well. This The photographs and the patterns in this book continue to call to me, so I continue to make use of it. I have also picked up another home deck make-along project, which is a linen stitch uh, table mat or place mat. I'm not sure what the dimensions of this will work out to be um, but I'm using uh, muckle marl yarn which is a two-ply marled yarn and it looks really interesting dense and textural using this linen stitch and linen stitch is really fun to work with because it lies completely flat You have to do basically nothing to get a nice border or edging on the piece. And it's very therapeutic. So I've resisted the urge to cast on another pair of socks at this point, which are usually my, you know, sort of mindless knitting. Or toward the evening when I don't have a lot of brain power, I would usually pull out a pair of socks. And since finishing the leg warmers... I've been wanting to cast on some more socks, but I've resisted so that I can make progress on this um, home deck piece because I really do want the finished project. Um, The thing about linen stitch is it builds very slowly. So I'm concerned, A, about having enough yarn, and B, it can just be a little bit of a slog to knit on because it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere. But the progress I've made so far is beautiful and I I really do think it will make a nice finished piece. I also received uh, an offer of some prizes for the home deck make-along and I want to announce those now uh, to spur you on to... Post your projects on Instagram and Ravelry. So the first prize is a pattern prize, a pattern on Ravelry, and that has been generously contributed by Melinda of the Yarnder Woman Podcast. That will be an Instagram prize since it's easy to award to anyone around the globe. And all you need to do to be in the running for that is to use hashtag HomeDeckMal. To post a photograph and a project update of what you're working on for the project doesn't need to be finished. Um, in progress is just fine, uh, but definitely use that hashtag and share with us what you're working on. And then um, Mary Jean Packer of the Battenkill Fiber Mill offered up a pair of socks. And a pair of mitts that have been um, knitted using yarn produced um, at the Baton Kill Fiber Mill that's part of the Hudson Valley Textile Project. So you may have seen these items in her booth at the um, New York Sheep and Wool Festival in Rhinebeck this fall. Um, I have a pair of the mitts from the last retreat we did, and I bought socks for one of my brothers in law. Um, for Christmas. These are really beautiful products and I'm so excited that she has offered them up as prizes. So I've asked her to set aside uh, medium and large which I think will accommodate most people and the winner of each of these will get to select uh, the size that they want. And that will be shipped out to them. So to be in the running for that, you need to post in the Ravelry thread uh, with information about what you're working on, um, some photographs if you can. And we will continue that through the end of December. And I won't be announcing these prizes probably until sometime in mid-January. So um, the threads and the possibility of winning the prize will be open until that time. So I say the make-along is closing in uh, at the end of December, but really you have into January to work on that. And thank you once again to Melinda and to Mary Jean for offering up those prizes. The front porch. There is one more project I would like to get going for the home deck make-along and that is at least one mushroom from the Foraged pattern by Hunter Hammerson. This pattern was a gift to me from Fernanda and it's on my list to make at least one of these little mushrooms uh, but I haven't started yet. So maybe that will be a nice um, project to do around the holidays. I uh, spent the day at Hope's Favorite Things a few weekends ago. And while I was there, I started stitching up some of the mushrooms in the most recent edition of Making Magazine. Uh, These mushrooms are pictured using, I think, velvet or velour, but... Hope had some beautiful wool and I was just working on stitching up some of those and creating little ornaments out of them and they're absolutely enchanting. So I made a few, left them at the shop and then I made a few more at home and my idea is to display them on some branches. I'm There were a lot of branches uh, and twigs kind of falling around the house in, in the fall and after that first kind of heavy, wet snow. And what I did was I picked up a few interesting ones and I used spray paint to paint them white. And they make a beautiful display for some ornaments. So instead of hanging these on a Christmas tree, I really want to create kind of a woodland display of stitched and knitted mushrooms. I think it will just be absolutely enchanting. At least I hope it will. So some of this um, display aspect is still at Hope's shop and eventually it will come back home to live with me and that's when I plan to add some of these knitted mushrooms. I looked at Uh, Hunter Hammerson's uh, pattern, and some of the stitch counts are very, very high. Uh, I would like these to be small and delicate, and so I may end up reducing, perhaps, some of that stitch count. Um, Definitely using U.S. size zero needles for them. Uh, And seeing if I can come up with something that's comparable in size to the fabric ones that I have created. I also think that just a few clear glass beads stitched to the top creates this like dewdrop effect that's absolutely magical. And so I've enjoyed adding um, some of those beads to the top of the mushrooms. I also have my eye on a garment project. Um, Perhaps when I get close to finishing the Burra Cowl, I will be casting on Washington. This is a design by Illy Tilly. It's in the Hudson and West Autumn Winter 2019 collection. I saw this in person um, at Hudson and West's display at Rhinebeck. They were exhibiting for a time on Sunday afternoon just outside the Battenkill Fiber Mill booth, and they had this design knit up in their beautiful Hudson and West um, forge, which is their worsted weight. I did purchase some Hus- Hudson and West yarn, but I purchased the weld, the fingering weight, in a couple different colors for... A design that I have in mind. So I don't have the yarn to knit this in Hudson and West. But I love the design and I do have what I think is the perfect yarn uh, to substitute. And that is Foster Sheep Farms Concordia. I purchased this at the last Knit Local getaway from Carol of Foster Sheep Farm. It's a beautiful kind of DK sport weight yarn but it's really got a toothiness and a plumpness to it in natural colors. It's beautifully soft but um, still substantial and I think it will work well for this design which is It's very oversized and knit uh, on US 7 needles with worsted weight yarn. So I think that adjusting to US size 6 needles with a sport weight yarn will work just fine. Um, There's some beautiful texture that kind of miters down the back. And then the front is sort of this nice shawl collar. It's knit in pieces and then stitches are picked up to knit a kind of an armhole. It's sort of a cross between a shawl and a cardigan. Would look great with maybe some toggle buttons down the front. Uh, I think just super cozy and versatile um, and really a great showcase for the Concordia yarn. I had been thinking about another project for this But it was in the same vein. It was sort of like a throw-on kind of cardigan look. And now this Washington has caught my eye. Um, I think I have just enough yardage that it should work out. And I'm really eager to start working on this piece. So once again, uh, the patterns that I mentioned in this episode are... Hildemore by Yuko Shimizu, The Burra Cowl uh, by Marie Wallen, Foraged by Hunter Hammerson, and Washington by Illy Tilly. Off the Shelf I've been thinking a lot about Amy Rossmanko over this past week and her very difficult loss of her beloved scooter pie. And in doing that, trying to settle on a poem that could be appropriate for this situation and perhaps remind us that even in this season of of lights and celebration and um, lots of delights and the joy of family, that there are also people really struggling with loss and lots of other challenges. And It brought to mind One Art by Elizabeth Bishop. This is a well-known poem. You may be familiar with it. It is at once a villanelle, which is its form with the rhyme, and it's an elegy or a poem addressing loss. And at the beginning of the poem, it almost seems to trivialize loss. I think the rhyme and the light spirit and the things being discussed in the first stanzas may seem to make loss trivial but as the poem continues the types of losses become more grave until in the final stanza it it becomes the most personal. I think this one art is an amazing achievement of a formal poem on a very difficult subject Um, and Amy this goes out to you. One Art. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day, except the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these things will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch. And look, my last or next to last of three beloved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones. And vaster, some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I miss them. But it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love. I shan't have lied. It's evident the art of losing's not too hard to master. Though it may look like... Write it. Like... Disaster.